You're listening to Brick to the Future, the property investment show for everyday Australians. We cut through the white noise so you can minimise risk and make smart, informed investment decisions. If you're after tips and strategies while building a property portfolio that suits your lifestyle, you're in the right place. Uh, welcome back. Cam McClellan here. I've got with me my good friend, uh, Matt Lewison. Matt, how are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Cam. Good to be here. Yeah, good to see you again. We've got uh, a couple of topics we want to get through today. And I think um, a lot of it surrounds uh, optimizing uh, your investment. And I think optimizing your investment, I know many years ago, um, I bought a, a large amount of established homes over the years. And then the last 15 years have only um, built new properties. Um, and there was a bit of a mind shift I had to get around that, but it was really, it came down to, to numbers and maximizing rental yield and being able to build something that was optimal in both size and quality. Um, and I know you've done the same over the years as far as uh, ensuring that you're adding new property to your portfolio. I thought we'd just uh, spitball some of the um, advantages and disadvantages of, um, of building new over established and uh, talk through that concept. If you're happy with that. Yeah, sounds good. I think um buying established um there's probably four reasons in my mind why people um prefer to buy established um and they're all visual and if we think about investors um i often say that um you know new investors invest 90 percent with their eyes and only about 10 percent with their brain <clears throat> whereas smart investors really invest 90 percent with their brain and only 10 percent with their eyes so in in effect people let their eyes do the emotional decision-making uh, where they should be focusing on what their brain's telling them. And that comes down to numbers and, you know, what sort of numbers are, are telling them. So, but I can understand it. I mean, if you can't visually see something, um, it, it clouds your mind. So if we talk about the four things, why buying established comes down to um, being visual. If, if we think about the visual appeal, you've got, you know, the building and the materials and the color and the aesthetic. Um, and you've really got something you can hang your hat on there. So you can visually see if I change this amount of money, I will get that end product. So something that's established and sitting there. Um, so that's a visual interpretation of it and nothing to do with numbers. Then once you can visualize something, and this is where people make the second mistake buying established, once they can see the property, emotion kicks in and they picture themselves living there. And that then removes them further away from the numbers and what they should be doing. Um, but then, so that they're two visual things I talk about that are things that people can see. But the two visual things people can't see are the fear factors why they don't build new. And the, the two big ones is um, the builder going broke and then time delays. They're, they're the things people can't see, the fear factors. Um, so talk us through, if you, um, if you like, Matt, I know you deal with um, our acquisition team and your team deal daily with um, a number of builders across Australia. Um, talk about the sort of financial checks that you go through with them and what sort of um, things you put in contracts to ensure that those delays are going to be met and even what someone investing themselves could handle and maybe just, you know, what sort of things you've been able to negotiate for open court clients as far as uh, guarantees, if you don't mind, just to ensure the builder doesn't go broke and the delays because they're, they're emotional things and they're, they're real things you need to overcome. Yes, yeah, spot on. I think, um, look, it's, it's timely at the moment. And while this podcast will be listened to uh, hopefully for years into the future, 
Uh, as of today, the, the Victorian government's just come out and shut down the construction industry in Victoria over some protests around the vaccination program. Um, so for a lot of people, that's probably a scary thing to imagine. Like, what's a worst case scenario when you're building a house? Well, gee, that they're forced off site and they can't finish it. Or as I said, that a builder goes bankrupt. So we, uh, we obviously fortunate that when we started developing um my dad steve was our builder and we kind of knew steve's financial yeah. uh, account like intimately so there was never a doubt that he was going to be able to finish finish projects now he wasn't always the fastest builder but but he got them done and the quality was always good and he was around to ensure that if there was a defect he fixed it and he took care in that that yeah. product so it was, it was a scary thing for us as well when we started um, building interstate or having to use other builders that that we weren't familiar with um and i actually remember uh the the first time when um, i arranged some build contracts for um for you cam and alan and dad i think in when i was looking after some stuff up in brisbane there's a builder you guys had never met but i knew i knew the builder um, yeah and i think you all got the contracts and like really um I, there's there's a colloquial term I won't, I won't use it, but I'm pretty pretty sure it means poo the pants. Um, yeah, I think from uh, from memory, and we're going back 15 years now. It uh, it's basically uh, it looked like uh, someone's mum had drawn up the contracts from memory. I think she actually had drawn up the contracts, and that was the uh, that was the problem. Troy was used to building for himself and uh, hadn't really done. He'd done a lot of spec homes, but and often would sell them once complete. But he hadn't built on contracts, so. He was getting his mum to do the contracts. I remember Steve being uh, being a little bit concerned as well once he saw those contracts and actually flew up um, to come and look at the houses once they once they kicked off um, and was very impressed once he'd gone through the houses, saw they were clean, they were well put together, everything was moving well. And, and I can't remember, I think it might have been you, Cam, and... Uh, I think maybe everyone had, had a chat to uh, had a chat to Troy and... I ended up working through with him on on building contracts and I guess making sure that uh, that everything presents really well from the start. And that's, I guess, the sort of thing that when you know the person, know the builder, it's easy. Yeah. You can overcome those things. And when you don't know the builder, it's any any small thing is a sign that you you're doing the wrong thing. Like the building contract looks like it was written by by somebody in high school. Everyone's like, oh. I don't think I want to sign this. I don't want to go ahead. I mean, most builders that are good builders aren't necessarily the best at paperwork. That that's not why they're a good builder. Yeah, and I think the um the difference is, and we're talking about quite small builders here, or it could seem we're talking about quite small builders. Now, I I don't like going through the major um, high volume builders because the quality is horrendous, and it's they just look literally look at every means to reduce cost, and a large part of that is um, is the trade quality. Going for the smaller builder, you do have the risk that financially they're not stable enough. Um, when we're talking about the builder that we've we're talking about now uh he's while they uh didn't do a lot of builds for clients they did a lot of builds for themselves and his father had a very successful and financial stable business um which troy was taking over matt matt you knew troy through footy i remember is that correct so he was a client of mine at um in the development that i was one of the developments i was managing and he was a buyer and was doing pretty pretty well um through their spec home program and then it turned out that i did know him through the football club um, yeah, so so the um I think 
the core lesson I think we want to get to here is trying to find that um, right builder and if and how we overcome time delays and financial stability. Um, right. uh, t- time delays, I think, is um, a concern with some of the major um, spec builders because uh, their trades are spread thin. As soon as you get um, something that happens in the construction industry, uh, a pandemic or whatever, what have you, um, you potentially can get pushed to the back of the, the rung. Um, the, the beauty about... Um, our, our builds and our clients' builds is that because we're building 100 or 200 homes with a specific builder um, against an individual who might build one home with them, our builds, because we've got that volume play with the builders, our builds are put to the top of the tree as far as getting done. But that being said, that's nice. But what contractual um, yeah, obligations have you got in place to ensure that the uh, time delays um, uh, don't occur? Yeah, so um, obviously from a contract perspective, there's within all building contracts, there's what's called liquidated damages. It's written into the HIA contracts as a standard. And the, the HIA contracts are, um, are a very consumer-friendly contract. And I guess this is one difference between the, the smaller private builders and the, and the large behemoth project builders that do thousands. The project builders are so good at their contracts. And obviously, because of that, you look at them and you might compare it to a private building. This one's so much more professional. I'm in safe hands. What you don't realize is that the professional one has had a team of lawyers reviewing it to work out what rights of the consumers they can remove to protect themselves and ensure that they've got a productive, efficient, effective business. Whereas the private builders don't have that level of sophistication but they're also therefore more consumer friendly in a large, large part of the contract. So all of them will have liquidated damages. Now, if you go with a project builder, they might pay you $40 a week in yeah. for delays. Um, but if you have, you read the contract, what constitutes a delay is often about three, if they miss the, so they might say they're going to build in six months, but when you add up all the times that they've got to get a building permit, to get the, developer's approval if they're building in a new housing estate to then get to site to then construct the home and then have handover and keys by the time you add all those things up you realize that you're actually looking at over 300 days for them to build mm-hmm. and they're telling you it's, it's six months yeah. um, and that's a lot of i guess extra fat and they find ways to be able to extend that and, and really blow that out and so often we've seen project builders having well over a year and still not being liquidated damages and when they hit there Oh, 40 bucks a week. It's not going to hurt them too much. So we make sure that uh, the builders have got a really strong liquidated damages policy, either directly with the, the client or otherwise they have to pay through open court indirectly to the client. So we yeah. ensure that the client is achieving what they would have otherwise achieved if the house was finished and they're renting it out. And that can be can be good, I guess, if, if somebody was and paid the full full amount for a house, but they're collecting rent on it. Well, gee, that's not a bad backstop, is it? Um, But obviously the goal is always to get the house finished and liquidated damages are intended to be a stick, for want of a better term, um, to encourage the builder to finish on time, knowing that they're going to suffer financial loss if they don't. And therefore they should reallocate their resources to to get the homes finished as much as as possible on time. Now, obviously there's things that are going to happen along the way like um, the shutdown in Victoria that might stop it, stop a builder from physically being able to work. Um, and for that reason, we do a lot of due diligence and not necessarily just due diligence. I mean, 
there's a builder at the moment that um, that Alistair's doing some due diligence on. He's identified five of their clients, didn't ask them to, to tell us who, who he should refer speak to. And he's called each of those five clients and asked for a personal reference on the quality of the builder. We also look at financials. We, we look at history. We look at tax returns. We, we look at all the guarantees that they're providing to banks and so on. Um, but probably the other thing for us is that we don't jump in with a builder and just go, bang, there's there's 100 homes a year um, and hopefully yeah. they can float. We build up and if we go back to um, back to when it started, when we started with Troy, for instance, and his company, there was a couple of houses that, that he did for us. And then when that went well, then we built again through him and we gave him more. And then some of our clients started to build through him. And it kind of grew um, sequentially through there to the point where we're absolutely confident in their financials, not just because we see them, mm. but also because we know that for the last 15 years, they've been performing for us and achieving um, good outcomes for our clients. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that, that's one of the keys. That, And again, it's hard when you're new in the market or you're a first-time investor or a buyer. You've never dealt with any builder. You, you might not, particularly if you're buying cross borders and that's one of the things we're mm. obviously big advocates for because if you've got a principal place of residence where you might be in one state and that state's not always going to be the, the booming market but you want to be able to diversify your investments then you're going to have to go across border or even across town rather than just dumping everything in the same suburb and therefore you're probably going to be dealing with builders that you've never dealt with before unless you go with big project builders that are incredible at um at removing your rights from a contract and making you feel like that yeah. you're in the safest set of hands um then you're going to be looking at, at private builders that are you you have to make a, a judgment call and you may not have the clout to be able to get all those financials and therefore it's, it's imperative that you can actually do your own due diligence through referrals and reference checks and i guess finding trusted people or advisors that can can help you with them all right, so we've talked about the the four reasons that why people might want to um, build it established, and that's two of them are obviously visual, so the visual appeal and the emotional. Once you attach, wanting to live there, then there's what you can't see: the builder going broken, the delays, and it seems like a bit of a minefield. What you've described there, as far as trying to pick a builder and look at financials and those, and trying to get the guarantees right, um, it can be once again they could be a, a you know more of a minefield to walk through than just going and buying something established so in i think we we're probably better off to cut this into two parts matt and uh we've talked today about the the four reasons why buying established um are, are really visual things um what i want to talk about in uh the next episode is the five reasons why it makes financial sense to uh to build new so we'll leave it there today um uh, we'll come back because we don't want to give people too much of a brain dump in one session um but I think the five reasons why um, building new uh, makes sense is going to really open people's eyes up to uh, to making some smart yeah, decisions. Yeah, absolutely crazy of us to think that we can get through it all in one session. Thank you for listening to Brick to the Future, powered by OpenCorp, Australia's leading property investment specialists. For more information on how we can help you build your financial future, contact us at opencorp.com.au.